Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our first episode of week two of the 2023-2024 NBA season. Uh, before we get started, first of all, I am your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show uh, and or welcome back to the show. Whether you've been listening previously or you're a brand new listener of our podcast, either way, we really appreciate your support on the show. Um, no Wyatt today. Um, Wyatt, of course, our normal co-host for Monday. Um, it was late last night when I finally realized I hadn't actually gotten in touch with Wyatt about the fact that we wouldn't do our normal Monday show on Monday. We'd instead do it on a Tuesday. And so, um, you know, busy schedule. I don't think he's had a chance to maybe even just see my text. So uh, we'll just do the the podcast real quick. We'll see if maybe he's able to hop on Wednesday or Friday. Um, that being said, we won't do one of our normal Monday segments as a result. Um and it's one of our newer segments, so that'll be debuting uh, most likely next week. Uh, so something to to look forward to. Still some new stuff coming with the podcast. Um, but regardless, let's go ahead and uh, and waste no more time. Let's get into things, starting with our, uh, our game summaries. And uh, actually, before we get started, the focus for this episode, we're actually going to treat it as if it was our Monday show in the sense that we will talk about Friday through Sunday's action. Um, those games, we'll do our power rankings, uh, of course, for week one, which is uh, which ends Sunday night. Uh, so Monday's games and, and even today's games don't count towards that. Same thing with our week one MVP. Um, but the we will cover um, news up till this current moment, uh, because obviously there was a big news story, a big trade that's been long in the works. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, that being said, let's go ahead and get into our quote unquote five on five drill, along with the six men, our uh, game summaries, and then our key news for this last weekend of action. All right. So for our five on five drill, if you're not familiar, instead of recapping every single game or more, you know, a big chunk of the games from uh, three days worth of action. Instead, we're going to focus on uh, five key games that we think were maybe the most noteworthy, most impactful. Um, The distribution's a little wacky. We ended up with four games from Friday and one Sunday game. Uh, none of the Saturday games, there wasn't as many games played on Saturday, but uh, sometimes that's just the way it works out. And uh, we're going to start on Friday with the uh, Boston Celtics hosting the Miami Heat. Of course, a rematch of um, the last couple of seasons conference finals series, um, a recent rivalry in the East, two of the top teams in the East. Uh, this first meeting this season, the Boston Celtics Come out on top. They get the upper hand 119 to 111, your final score with a late rally there. Um, curious. Uh, I mean, a late rally, I guess, if you're you're within, you're not even trailing by five going into the fourth. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a rally. Uh, there was a rally early. Miami had a big lead in the first quarter. But, uh, you know, close game throughout. I mean, other than a, a brief, um, you know, about 12 or 13 point lead by Miami in the first quarter. Uh, There wasn't really a substantial lead until mid to late fourth quarter when the Celtics kind of had the game a little bit more wrapped up. Um, But again, pivotal game, impactful game in the Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference picture. Let's start with things for the Miami Heat as far as box scores are concerned. Uh, Leading scorers for them in this game, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Hero with 28 points, six rebounds, six assists. Of course, that was a storyline. Um, They're able to make it to the finals last season in spite of a early playoff exit for Hero due to injury. Um, he didn't play at all in the final series either, but him being back, he becomes sort of the de facto third star, if you will, or third best player behind Butler and Adebayo. But when he can have games like this, you know, that can really solidify that position and, give them a good chance in the East five of 12 from three point range, 41% stellar game for hero. Uh, Miami, of course, loves to see that out of bio 
27 points, six, uh, sorry, seven rebounds, two assists, two blocks and a steal stuffing the stat sheet there. Um, Jimmy Butler, interestingly enough, kind of a struggle game for him. 14 points, five boards, three assists, got uh, eight of nine free throws, which made up for the fact that he was only three of 11 from the floor. Uh, One steal, one block as well. Just a a rough game overall. Um, Kyle Lowry with 13 points, eight boards, five assists. Those were your double figure scores for Miami. Um, And I think the Heat probably still figuring out a little bit what they have with their bench. Drew Smith, the guy who was a two-way player, up until a couple of months ago, or maybe even just a month ago, um, now suddenly getting 23 minutes in a, a game off the bench against top Eastern Conference team. Um, of course, with the Heat, uh, the Heat culture, but the more the Heat uh, development that they have of players, um, there's every possibility that he can emerge and be a very solid bench contributor. Um, I don't know a lot about his game, so I can't. Uh, say anything either way he did pick up three steals and a block so defensively he seems very uh very potent uh the rookie jamie jack has junior um a few minutes no points i mean jamal kane no points in a few minutes they're they're maybe just still figuring out what those bench uh that bench production and those players are going to look like of course they were without uh caleb martin in this game as well uh, so that was a factor, but uh, for the Celtics balance scoring in that uh, very stout starting lineup, uh, Drew Holiday with 17 and 10, 17 points, 10 rebounds actually in seven assists. Uh, leading scorer though was Derek White of all play, of all players, 28 points, six boards, three assists, three blocks, a steal, doing a bit of everything, uh, five of seven from three point range. Jalen Brown with 27 points, six boards, two steals. Jason Tatum with 22, um, not the greatest percentages, but eight boards, five assists, uh, and a steal. And then Kristaps Porzingis, 17 points, nine rebounds, three steals, and a block. So, again, that Celtics defense is going to be a big factor as far as their ranking in that Eastern Conference at the end of the season, as well as their playoff potency. Um, Very little in the way of bench scoring in this game, but Al Horford did provide 10 rebounds off the bench. Um, O'Shea Brissett with five boards as well. So uh, a nice win for Boston. Again, that kind of a little bit of a rivalry in recent seasons. Um, and they've looked very good to start the year. We'll talk a little bit more about them as a team and the heat a bit as well in our power rankings in just a moment. Uh, next, though, we're going to move on to a uh, Southwest Division showdown in the Western Conference. And two of the young, exciting teams in the NBA, the San Antonio Spurs hosting the Houston Rockets a game that went to overtime and saw the Spurs win 126 to 122 and Victor Wembanyama of course the exciting rookie with his best game so far as a pro in his second career game so um not not saying too much i suppose but it was a great game that much can be said for sure looking at things for Houston uh those starters really had some great offensive production uh leading scorer Alperen Sengun 25 points 14 boards 7 assists two steals and a block you know in all honesty of course Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr as far as the young guys they drafted with the potential to be stars get the the more headlines the more press Sengun not a heralded draft pick he might have the most potential in terms of an all-around game out of any of those guys. And I mean, we saw it in, in plenty of spurts last season. I really love his game and, and what he brings to the Rockets. You know, I think he's going to be a big part of them becoming a, a better team in the future. Um, six turnovers, six fouls, he fouled out, you know, but sometimes that can be a positive to see a player playing hard in the game. Um Second leading scorer nearly fouled out himself with five fouls, but uh, Fred Van Vliet, 24 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds, showing you why the Rockets uh, paid him the big bucks in the free agency period. Jalen Green was 22 points and actually a fairly efficient 22 points, five rebounds, four assists, 17 points for Dylan Brooks, 13 points, nine boards for Jabari Smith Jr., and then 10 points off the bench for Jeff Green. Not bad production at all from the Rockets, and again, it was an overtime game Either team had a chance to win it, but the Spurs got it done down the stretch. And of course, when Benyama, the storyline, 21 points, 12 boards, one assist, but then three steals and three blocks, uh, four turnovers, a small notch. And also, you know, oh, of six from three point range, but 
but him, he, he, the fact that he's able to still put a, a 21 and 12 game together with the defensive numbers, with some poor percentages, with some mistakes and they get the win, you know, it just shows why there's so much excitement around uh, his ability, his potential leading scorer for the Spurs was actually Devin Vassell, 25 points, three boards, two assists. Uh, you got 20 points from Keldon Johnson, four boards, four assists, and then 14 each for first Jeremy Sohan, the the point guard, if you will. That still feels weird, but he had five boards, four assists, two steals. And then off the bench, Jetty Osman, 14 points as well. So the Spurs a little more well-rounded. Uh, you know, Branham and McDermott and Jones got some more points off the bench for them uh, than Rock, the Rockets combination of Amon Thompson, Tate, and Marjanovic. So uh, Spurs just able to do a little bit more. And again, when Minyama impactful towards the end of that game, very exciting to see that. And of course, when Minyama as will be the case the whole season, a major talking point. Um, let's go ahead and jump to that third game again, still on that Friday night slate. And this is again, an overtime game, a much closer game. Uh, this is the Chicago bulls. They hosted the Toronto Raptors and very narrowly won this one, 104 to 103 in overtime, thanks to the heroics of Alex Caruso. Um, and it's funny because Chicago actually held a huge lead in the second quarter, nearly 20-point lead, uh, quickly lost that. And then early in the third, the Toronto Raptors took the lead back. They held a very big lead at the, the midway point of the fourth quarter. Chicago stormed back, back and forth in overtime. You know, wild swings, um, crazy play from from both teams. Uh, first, looking at things for, for Toronto, their leading scorer, uh, Scotty Barnes, 22 points, and he actually got a triple-double in this one. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, showing you why he was rookie of the year just a, a couple seasons ago with two blocks as well. Uh, 18 points for Pascal Siakam with eight boards uh, and two assists. 16 off the bench for Gary Trent Jr., along with five boards and two steals. <clears throat> Excuse me. 11 points for OG Ananobi uh, with two steals, three rebounds. And then Dennis Schroeder with 10 points, 10 assists playing a little more of a, you know, traditional point guard role. They also got uh, 10 points off the bench from Chris Boucher. Uh, not bad. But then you look at things for Chicago, DeMar DeRozan, the leading scorer, 33 points, four boards, three assists, four steals as well, and a block. So defensively, the two-way play for DeRozan, huge in this one. Um, and then it was Kobe White with 17 points, uh, eight assists, six rebounds. Solid all-round game. Off the bench, Caruso, again, his heroics, big part of them winning the game, 13 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block. Uh, and then uh, Nikola Vucevic, 11 points, 12 boards, uh, and a block as well. So, you know, they're, they're key contributors uh, along with Kobe White and in the absence of Zach Levine. I mean, he was, he was there, but the production, eight points, five boards, uh, really struggled shooting the ball all night. Uh, for, so them still getting the win, you know, the bulls look all right. And again, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about each team, uh, and our power rankings, but, uh, a great win and an exciting game for both teams in this one. Uh, our final game from the Friday, uh, slate is maybe the, the biggest talking point for Friday night. Um, the Dallas Mavericks hosting the Brooklyn nets, um, a matchup of a lot of players from both teams, facing their former teams, of course, for the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith facing their former team in the Mavericks. And likewise for the Mavericks, Kyrie Irving facing his former team in the Nets. Um, but the bigger storyline was Luka Doncic and his play. He erupted for 49 points. He's been on an absolute tear. We'll talk about him a bit with our, uh, in a little bit with our weekly MVP discussion and the Mavericks win led them to the victory 125 to 120 and had a miraculous shot to help seal the deal. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Back and forth affair early. Nets took a bigger lead in the second half. Mavericks fought back to, to keep it close in the fourth and then pulled away at the end. For the Brooklyn Nets, plenty of offense for them, starting with Cam Thomas, 30 points for him as he got the start alongside Mikhail Bridges. Um, as it looks like Cameron Johnson did not play. Yeah, 30.7 rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block for Cam Thomas, continuing to try and make the most, the absolute most of his minutes that he gets so far this season. 
great performance from him. 23 points for Spencer Dinwiddie with eight assists. Then he got 18 from Mikhail Bridges, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, 14 off the bench for Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Uh, 12 points for Dorian Finney-Smith starting at center technically in this game. Uh, you know, him and Bridges doing what they can inside. Ben Simmons, 10 points, 10 assists, or 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, playing his game, doing what he uh, specializes in, I suppose. Uh, 11 points, 10 boards for Royce O'Neal off the bench as well. So uh, 7 guys in double figures. But then for Dallas, when you get one guy that has 49 points, uh, along with 10 boards and seven assists and Luka Doncic um, shooting above 60% from the floor and from three point range specifically uh, that can be tough to overcome, especially when you get good production from guys like Tim Hardaway jr. Who had 19 points uh, three of seven from three, you got 17.7 boards, six assists from Kyrie Irving and then 11 points off the bench from Dwight Powell as well. Um, you know, a, a few starters, uh, didn't get that many points, but it, it just didn't matter. You know, Luca willed them to the victory. And again, it was a tied game, 120 to 120. Um, you know that Luca's gonna get the ball. He's gonna take the shot in the clutch situations. They they play it pretty well defensively. He's kind of tiptoeing the sideline and throws up, you know, somewhere between a hook and a floater from a three-point range. It was a one-hand shot, banks it off glass. The crowd erupts in Dallas and the the disbelief and just annoyance more than anything from the Nets. It's like, what more did we need to do? You know, why does this guy have to be able to make these kind of shots? Um, and then, of course, Dallas able to hold on to that lead after taking it off that shot to win the game. Luka Magic, um, I, I saw one of the graphics in Arena um, that the Mavericks have in American Airlines Arena. Uh, Hallelujah. Um, just, just phenomenal, you know, and obviously he's a, a he, the last few seasons, he's been a big, uh, name brought up in, you know, preliminary MVP discussions, um, hasn't finished a season in that top group quite yet, but, uh, he's making a case early on yet again, and it's always exciting to see. So that's, that's your four games from Friday. We'll go ahead and wrap things up with our, Sunday game, we'll talk about another overtime game. Three of our five games we're talking about are overtime, which is, uh, I feel like you don't see it as much this early in the season. Uh, certainly won't be complaining. The Sacramento Kings hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers and Kings, of course, a great rivalry in the early 2000s. A touch of that being renewed um, with them being two of the best teams in the Pacific Division, a very loaded Pacific Division. Um but the Kings able to win in overtime at home, 132 to 127 uh, for a big win against a very tough Lakers squad. Um, you know, it was a Kings lead for most of this game. The Lakers really made a run at it in the fourth. And of course they helped force overtime, but the Kings able to, uh, to write the ship in overtime and get the victory. Looking at things for the Lakers in the box score department, Anthony Davis, excuse me, leading the charge with 30 points, 16 boards, three, uh, three blocks, two steals and two assists doing everything he can. He's looked great to start the season. LeBron with 27 points, 15 rebounds and eight assists with eight turnovers. Definitely rough to see that. Definitely a factor in the, in the loss. Torian Prince, 20 points, three boards, two assists. He's looked very good. Uh, starting when he has and uh, playing in place of Jared Vanderbilt, who would normally start uh, maybe earning his way into a full-time starting gig. We'll have to see what they decide to do there. Uh, D'Angelo Russell with 17 points, nine assists. And then off the bench, Christian Wood with 11 points. Also Rui Hachimura with 11 points. Uh, again, not bad production, but then for the Kings, they were just a little bit better. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in particular, 37 points, eight assists, four boards, uh, a steal and a block. Stellar game all around 22 off the bench for Malik Monk, three boards, three assists. He should of course be a name in the sixth man of the year type conversation with the way he can play off the bench. 17 points for Keegan Murray uh, with eight boards, five assists and two steals. Uh, 12 points each for Demanda Sabonis and Kevin Herter. Sabonis with 15 boards, five assists and Herter with seven boards, four assists and two blocks. So, Great all-round production, 11 points off the bench for Sasha Vesenkov, uh, solidifying his spot in the rotation, you know, 
I don't want to say I called it this early because it's only been a few games, but it looks like he's been uh, a big addition for the Kings so far. He's been a nice little piece to add in to that offense specifically with his ability to, to shoot the ball, especially from deep two of six in this game, but he's, he's made some, some nice threes already. He's looked good. And uh, again, a big victory Fox with some, some stellar play, um, Tough side note, as he left the game late with an ankle injury. We'll update you on that in just a moment with the news as well. Um, I just want to touch on one last thing that was kind of fun to see, regardless of result with this game. It was the date this game was played on Sunday. It was 20 years to the day since uh, LeBron had made his debut in Sacramento um, in 2003 against the Kings. Of course, he was on the Cavs at the time, but um, oh, what was the stat? He His first points of the game or one of the baskets in the game was a jumper. Yeah, I think it was his first basket of the game was a, a jumper to make the the score seven to six, I think was the score in that game, with, which sort of mirrored his first career points. LeBron's first career basket was a jumper that made the score seven to six against the Kings in Sacramento wild stuff. There's some great snapshots from the same photographer who was on the scene at LeBron's first career game for, you know, a fast break dunk. LeBron got a very similar fast break dunk and same photographer, same city, same day, same type of pose. Um, you know, it, you almost say maybe there's some planning behind that. Um, it's hard to not wonder about that, of course, with that. That's such a, a scary coincidence, of course, with it being Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, just a cool moment, of course, re- reminding you it's his 21st season and he's still, I mean, 27 and 15 and 8 um, at 38 and his 21st season. He's not slowing down anytime soon. Of course, he's kind of the NBA equivalent of a Tom Brady, um, except in this case, he's much more of a classic athlete in speed and the the verticality and those type of things. So um, regardless, yeah, great win for Sacramento. We'll update on Darren Fox in just a moment. Um, otherwise, let's real quick comb through any of the other results from a busy weekend. Uh, looking at Friday, the Nuggets won in Memphis against the Grizzlies, 108 to 104. Uh, we had the Pistons winning in Charlotte against the Hornets, 111 to 99. This is all from Friday again, just to remind you. Uh, the Thunder won in Cleveland, 108 to 105. Some notes from that game: Donovan Mitchell, 43 points. Uh, meanwhile, for the Thunder, Shea Gilders Alexander with 31, uh, 34 points, 11 rebounds. Um, but again, the Thunder win that game 108 to 105 in Cleveland. Um, the Knicks, the New York Knicks in Atlanta against the Hawks, they win 126 to 120. Jalen Brunson with 31 points in that game. Um, the Utah Jazz hosting the LA Clippers win a close game 120 to 118 for their first win of the season. Uh, a duel between Paul George and Larry Markinen. Uh, George with 36 points, Larry Markinen with 35, Markinen also with 12 rebounds uh, as the Jazz win that game. Warriors-Kings, this was one that we we almost talked about. It uh, just quite didn't fit the cut. Didn't quite fit the the, the cut, that is. Uh, but the Warriors won that game in Sacramento against the Kings, 122 to 114. A duel between Steph Curry and De'Aaron Fox. Fox with 39 points, four boards, four assists. Curry with 41 points, four boards, four assists. So uh, similar stat line, Curry with a couple more points and the Warriors with a few more points to win the game. Uh, the Magic, the Orlando Magic in Portland against the Trailblazers win that one 102 to 97. Um, and that was your Friday action jumping to Saturday. We didn't talk about any Saturday games. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans won at home against the New York Knicks 96 to 87. Uh, the Washington Wizards won at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, 113 to 106. Uh, the Detroit Pistons won at home against the Chicago Bulls, 118 to 102, overcoming 51 points from Zach Levine in that game. Jalen Duran, uh, second straight game of, of 20 and 10. I believe he's had a nice start to the season uh, as well. For the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, they won in Toronto against the Raptors, 114 to 107. Joel Embiid with 34 points, nine boards, and eight assists. 
the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers win in Cleveland against the Cavaliers, 125 to 113. Evan Mobley with 33 points, 14 rebounds. Tyrese Halliburton with 21 points, 13 assists, and eight rebounds. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves went at home against the Miami Heat, kind of uh, shockingly a little bit, 106 to 90. Your final score there, Nas Reed with 25 points, a nice game. Uh, the fans serenading Jimmy Butler, all that kind of stuff going on there. Uh, and then finally, the Phoenix Suns win at home against the Utah Jazz, 126 to 104. Uh, Durant, 26 points, four boards, seven assists in that game. Finally, your Sunday action, uh, the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets win in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City against the Thunder, 128-95. to Jokic, 28 points, 14 boards. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks win in Milwaukee against the Bucks, a bit surprisingly, 127-110. to Trey Young, 20 points, 11 assists. Giannis, 26 points, 11 rebounds. Um, another great Warriors win. And again, we'll talk a little more in depth about the Warriors with our power rankings, but they win in Houston against the Rockets, 106-95. to um, The 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, win their home debut. Uh, against the Portland Trailblazers, 126-98. to Joel Embiid, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists in that game. And then finally, the last game uh, we hadn't talked about, the LA Clippers win at home against the San Antonio Spurs, 123-83. to Big margin of victory. Westbrook, 19 points, 8 boards, 3 assists in that game. That should recap your weekend action. Again, we'll cover Monday and Tuesday's action tomorrow on our Wednesday edition of the podcast. Uh, Before we move on to any of our other segments, let's go ahead and discuss the key news around the league. And of course, we'll give you the details of the James Harden trade. That was a big offseason conversation. It's a conversation. It was a conversation going into the season and the saga is over for the Philadelphia 76ers. They have, have made the deal with the LA Clippers. uh, And here is the details of the trade. Philadelphia trades guard James Harden, forward P.J. Tucker, and uh, forward center Philip Petrusev to the L.A. Clippers. In exchange for uh, a load of forwards, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, Kenya Martin Jr., or K.J. Martin, um, and a load of picks, a firstly a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks in 2024 and 2029, a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first-round pick via the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is a protected 2026 first-round pick. Um, Additional notes from the trade, Philadelphia will waive guard forward Danny Green to clear the roster spot needed to complete the trade. Of course, Philadelphia receiving one more player than they uh, sent away, so they needed to make that work as far as their, their roster size. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, their part in this trade, they are going to be receiving a 2027 first-round pick swap from the LA Clippers. So it's technically a three-team deal, very small part for the Thunder to play, but they end up uh, giving a pick for a different pick, um, I suppose. Uh, Not sure if I'm explaining that much correctly, but um, that's the details of the trade. Again, it's over. Now we'll see how Harden plays with the Clippers. We'll see what the Sixers look like without Harden. You know, can Maxi continue his hot stretch? Um, and we'll talk about the trade a little more in depth in just a moment. But uh, let's go on with the rest of our news. Firstly, for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, forward Chris Middleton uh, with rest sat out versus Atlanta. Of course, that's a continuing story with the Bucks getting Chris Middleton worked back into a lineup, but also trying to get him back up to a All Star level, or at least something approximating his All Star level in uh, in seasons past. Um, I guess an update before he was traded for the Sixers, James Harden, he uh, sat out versus Portland. So he didn't end up playing for the Sixers at all this season. Uh, Not super surprising. Still no updates on if the NBA will penalize the Sixers for, for not playing him in games where he would have been considered healthy and ready to play. Um, We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, Update for the golden state warriors, Clay Thompson uh, passed Jamal Crawford for 10th all time in career three point field goals. Uh, during their win Sunday in Houston against the Rockets. Uh, So congratulations, Clay. Of course, it was only a matter of time before he was in at least that top 10. He'll certainly finish, uh, you would think, within probably the top five in career three-point field goals. So uh, great job to him. Another side note for the Warriors, Chris Paul. He came off the bench in that game in Houston, and that was the first time. It was his 1,366th career game, uh, 366th 
career game. And that was his first time in that many career games that he came off the bench. The last time he came off the bench was when he was in college at Wake Forest. So pretty surprising. And I guess maybe there's talk that that could be the trend. You know, he could be a sixth man for the Warriors. To me, that makes sense. I thought it was a bit odd that you would have Paul and Curry starting. Not that Curry couldn't be a, you know, a scoring guard. I mean, that's kind of by definition what he is, but he's played the point for so long. He he's a, he plays the point very well, even if he doesn't play it in the traditional point guard, lots of assists type way. I mean, there's not many point guards that do that to that extent anymore. So um, I think that could be a, a good fit for Chris Paul to come off the bench. We'll have to see what happens, of course. But uh, yeah, interesting note from that. Uh, for the Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo uh, with a hip injury. He sat out uh, in Milwaukee against the Bucks. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, there hasn't been any updates about, oh, he's going to miss a certain amount of time, probably just resting it. Um, update for the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, he recorded his 107th career triple-double. Um, I believe that was in the, in the game either Sunday or Monday. Um, regardless, with that, he is now tied with LeBron James and Jason Kidd for fourth all-time on uh, career triple-double leaders uh, list. So congratulations to him. Of course, your top group, I think Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook are in there. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember the third. Um, probably Magic Johnson, but um, pretty cool to see that. <clears throat> Here's the injury update for De'Aaron Fox that we alluded to. Uh, sprained an ankle. He's out indefinitely. Now, of course, that immediately is going to be um, alarm bells for the Kings and especially the Kings fans. Um indefinitely usually sounds like a longer time but looking at it you know it i i can't say definitively either way obviously but um the language that was used you know oh he'll miss this next game uh he'll miss probably the next few games um sprained ankle combination of those things makes me think or at least hope that it's um you know a handful of weeks two two or three weeks um if that even, you know, I hope that he's able to return to the floor sooner rather than later, because this should be with, with him healthy and with the team healthy, it should be a top team in the West. Um, we'll keep you updated of course on that, but, um, yeah, definitely something to, to, to keep an eye on, um, for the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid was fined $35,000 by the NBA for repeatedly making an obscene gesture on the court. Um, it was, it was a goofy gesture, obscene sure um if you're curious i think it's on youtube in some sort of capacity it was in the third quarter at some point um you know i think a a fine i don't know why it wasn't twenty five thousand. um maybe it's just the way you know the protocols and the rules are written as far as how the fines are given out but um i didn't think it was that bad you know um maybe a stern warning hey don't do that again but I digress. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they're going to be signing free agent guard Keon Johnson to a two-way deal. So uh, he's going to be uh, given another opportunity. Of course, looked like he could have a shot with the Suns off their bench uh, after the uh, Drew Holiday trade via Portland. But um, wait, was it that trade? No, the the Lillard trade. Um. Yeah, via the Lillard trade, because that was the three-team deal. Um, Regardless, he'll be with the Nets now. Two-way deal. We'll see what he's able to do there. Um, Excuse me. And then we'll focus on some a few items, NBA general news. Firstly, uh, the company Skims has been named the NBA's official underwear partner. Um, It's interesting. I don't know the company. I guess uh, Kim Kardashian uh, side of the company, either as an owner or or you know, influencer or something to, to that extent. Uh, so that's interesting, I suppose. Um, surprise announcement. I didn't really see this one coming. Um, of course, with the in-season tournament, we knew that the city uniforms were likely going to be used for those games kind of exclusively. I think I had heard that. Um, not sure if I'd mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, the NBA revealed in-season exclusive court designs for all 30 teams and the designs are tied to this year's city edition uniforms. Um, and these are, are very unique courts. I'll tell you that much. Um, 
their their full color. I mean, they're of course usually you have, let's say you're the Chicago Bulls, you have a black border on the baseline and sideline, but the the actual court, the playing surface itself is is a wood surface. You have you know a red painted um uh you know block the paint of course but these courts these city you know tied to the city uniforms and their in-season tournament courts are full color there's no traditional wood really to be seen which is wild i'm i'm mixed on that i think it's it's a bold choice i would have liked to have seen even if it's colored wood you know we saw the nets they have um gray but it's still a wood surface i think you could have had a bit of both um to have it all one color it could look a little bit better but um yeah the courts feature the nba cup prominently in the center and in a uh kind of more subtle design in in the key um there's a stripe across the middle um some of these look better than others and a lot of that is tied to the uniforms whether they look good or not um Overall, I don't think there's any completely awful courts. I mean, maybe the Knicks where you just have solid orange court. That's uh, to me a little bit rough. Um, of course, I'm biased in this case because I, I think the the Jazz City uniforms this year look very good. Um, and their court is no, no exception. It's a purple court. Um of course, with the jazz fans and their the recent uniforms were all about make the purple permanent. Uh, anyways, the, the court designs are readily available to find uh, online in all sorts of capacities. Check them out. It's interesting to see. And of course, you'll see them on the floor very soon uh, with the tournament games, the group play nights uh, starting Thursday, I believe. So that'll be exciting to see. And finally, uh, your NBA players of the week for the first week of the NBA season have been announced Tyrese Maxey and Nicole Jokic of the Eastern and Western conference, respectively Maxey of the Sixers, Nicole Jokic, of course, of the Nuggets, uh, your players of the week. And again, they will factor into our weekly MVP coming up a little bit later. So congratulations to both of them. Now though, let's go ahead and talk power rankings first, and that'll lead us a little bit more into the James Harden trade discussion um these power rankings are through sunday so the the harden trade is not factored in to any of this it's just based on um anything through sunday night so uh here's the movement that i have in my power rankings not a lot um especially at the top group you know with if your team picks up a loss or even you know a couple losses in the first few games i don't think that's immediately indicative of something wrong um, there were some minor moves in the top 10, basically uh, Boston and Milwaukee swapped. So Celtics became my second ranked team. The Bucks moved to my third ranked team. Celtics were 2-0, Bucks were 1-1, one one. minor change there. And then uh, the Warriors, I moved them up to eight and I moved the Cavs down to nine. So they swap. Warriors were 2-1, and one. Cavs were 1-2. and two. Um, Cavs with two losses and also the fact that the Warriors, those two wins, Steph Curry was so dominant, you know, I, it felt like a good fit to move them up one as well. Um, <clears throat> in the um, bottom two thirds, we did have actually a good amount of movement. Um, felt like there's a little more volatility, especially this early on with those non top contending type teams that you can start to move them around a little bit more. So I had teams like the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, uh, they both moved up one spot each. The Pelicans and Clippers moved up two spots each, especially with the Pelicans. We saw Zion healthy. They were 2-0 and in the week. And the Clippers, 2-1. and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, healthy, looking great. Felt it was a good time to move them up. Chicago moves up one, even though they were 1-2, and simply because other teams fell. Um, the Thunder move up two spots, 2-0 and in the week. Shakel just Alexander not slowing down to what he did last season. Uh, Pacers and Magic move up one spot each. The Pistons moved up four spots up to 25 from 29 previously. Uh, two and one. Cade Cunningham has looked good. Jalen Duren's looked good. And they just had a much better week compared to a lot of the other teams. Um, Wizards up one from that 30th spot. Um, those are most of your guys that moved up. As far as teams that moved down, uh, the biggest fallers were the Memphis Grizzlies, who fell sp- uh, four spots to 18. They were 0-3 in the week. 
Um, you know, I think the not only the loss of John Morant to the suspension, but the loss of Tyus Jones. Um, was he a trade? Was he free agency? Either way, I can't remember exactly. You know, you lose Tyus Jones and what he was able to do as far as maintaining their play when Morant was out with injury in previous seasons was kind of underrated. You know, that team kept winning when Jones was at the helm and now they have new guys to the system, Rose and Marcus Smart, Derek Rose and Marcus Smart, who are great players, of course, but they are still maybe getting acclimated a little bit to what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing. Um, struggling early and of course the front court depth without Steven Adams for the season and without Brandon Clark for the the next while it's going to be tough for Memphis you know and it's it's definitely concerning so I had them moving down quite a bit um also the Brooklyn Nets fell three spots they were 0 and 2 in the week the Houston Rockets fell three spots to 28 they were 0 and 3 as well um just hadn't seen the improvement as yet at that point that we were kind of expecting going into the season um, other teams that fell, uh, the New York Knicks, two spots, the Hawks, a spot, um, and the Toronto Raptors fell a spot as well. And then the Portland Trailblazers fell two spots. They were 0-3 as well. Uh, in the week one power rankings, they are now the lowest ranked team in the NBA at this point. So that's a quick rundown of the power rankings. Um, again, that's through Sunday. This next week, I'm really curious to see a full week of action um and as we get into the start of the group play games which teams are going to go where in that power rankings discussion and of course we'll have to see what happens with the sixers who sit currently at 10 and the clippers who sit at 15 what happens with them in the aftermath of that trade and let's talk a little bit more in depth about what to expect with that trade and i want to talk through the lineups what they kind of look like at this point um looking firstly at things for the 76ers um, you lose Harden, who hadn't played at all this season. So now they have a chance to add in depth with the forwards and retool the lineup a little bit. So, uh, of course, Embiid at center. You have Maxi at guard. I figure maybe they they bring Patrick Beverly into the starting lineup. So you have Beverly and Maxi. Um, and then you have Marcus Morris and Tobias Harris as starters at forward. It could be Oubre, it could be Covington, it could be Batum, could be any of the other guys replacing either Morris or Harris. I think Harris is a probably a lock at starter, um, but I'd say Marcus Morris probably is the starter at the small forward. And then off the bench, Bamba, of course, Melton, of course, but then you would say, I'd say probably Oubre, Covington, and Batum are your next guys up. Maybe Kenny Martin Jr. as well. Um, and then the usual depth for the Sixers. I like that mix. You know, maybe they could use another guard in place of one of the other forwards. But otherwise, I think it's it's not a bad team at all. You know, Harris can be an overachiever more often than not. Embiid, the defending MVP, Maxi looks like he has a chance to break out this season. Um, they should easily still be a, a playoff team. I would say that much. Um, you know, maybe a six seed, maybe at the top of the play-in picture. Who knows how it all shakes out and how much Joel Embiid is able to carry the team without a guy like a Harden alongside him. But um, the return of Robert Covington to Philadelphia, I think, is a fun side note. You know, his play can be very underrated. Um, and sometimes players returning to where they played in the past. And if you get the fans behind him, he was a small fan favorite, I, I feel like, in his brief time in Philadelphia. Um I think this team could could start to build some very positive momentum, you know, and again, you, you get rid of a guy who it just was a kind of a toxic situation on both sides. Um, and now you bring in some some players and some draft capital, some some room to work with. Um, you know, you can you can trade some of these guys for a player at the trade deadline. You can clear up roster space for for a free agency push in the offseason. I think the Sixers are in a much better spot having made this trade. And I don't mean to be rude to Harden because now if you look at things for the Clippers, best case scenario, honeymoon period for the Clippers, they have four guys who are all-star level or have played at an all-star level in the past. Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and then you figure Zubats at center. I mean, on paper, that looks amazing. Um, I get a little fatigued sometimes because it feels like, 
every season we do this with with some team and it's some combination or or at least one of Harden, Westbrook, Irving, Durant, Paul George maybe, you know, it's kind of like the usual suspects every year or every couple of years. There's a big team move and now oh this team is newly rebuilt. They made a big blockbuster trade. Now they're going to be a contender. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um but on paper it looks very exciting. That much is true. Off the bench, I think they look pretty good too. You know, Mason Plumley, I I like him and his unique style at center. But then PJ Tucker, of course, what he's meant in recent years to teams like Miami and uh, and the Bucks. You know, he can be a nice uh, now in more reserve role. I think that can be very beneficial. Norman Powell and Terrence Mann and Bones Highland, their bench scoring ability is especially norm, especially Norman Powell. Um, I think that can work out. They now have an extra roster spot, so they can probably sign somebody um, in in the free agency pool that would help give them a little bit more depth. But um, as good as they've looked early with George and Leonard healthy, the Clippers could really make a run and they could become a, you know, they were the team that was kind of the afterthought, especially in their division. And they could, you know, they could make a splash. They could make some noise and and start stringing some wins together. You know, Teron Lou had as head coach. I've questioned him from time to time, but he has more importantly the respect of his fellow coaches, and that speaks volumes. So if he can be a setting a steady guide and the team gels and Harden plays well in in that honeymoon period where he, you know, he says that he's happy in in L.A., then they could be going places. Um, we'll have to see what happens. I think both teams. More definitively, I'd say the Sixers, in all honesty, but both teams have a chance to come away from this in good position. So overall, a solid trade. We'll have to see what happens again uh, for the remainder of the season. But uh, that's the uh, the brief discussion for the, uh, the Harden trade there. Uh, before we move on to our MVP discussion, I'm realizing I didn't play the drop for the power rankings. I promise we will get there with getting into the flow of the the audio drops, um, you know, let's just play it because I don't think we've had a chance to play the power rankings drop. And uh, I think it would be fun for you guys to hear it. So this is, this is a drop to wrap up the power rankings and trade discussion segment. Power rankings. Okay, great. Uh, thanks again to Microsoft, Mike. Um, I Again, it, it takes us a little bit to get used to this flow, but we will get there, I promise. Um, and we will do our audio drop now as we move into the discussion for our weekly MVP. This is the first time for sure you're hearing this all season. Here we go with that. Okay, here we go. And I think this week, I think I've already decided because, you know, some weeks we have one guy or just a couple of guys who immediately set themselves apart. It's like, okay, it's going to be this person or one of these two guys. Some weeks there's like four or five really good candidates and it's a tough decision. This week, there was a lot of great play. You know, and I want to shout out a lot of these guys right now. Uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander, as we mentioned, um, team was, you know, uh, technically they were two and one. I had them marked as two and oh. Huh. We might have to correct some stuff. Anyways, uh, in the week, they they were great in the week. Um, he had very solid stats overall. Uh, Jokic, you know, 26, 13, and seven averages. Um, yeah, Paul George. 27 points, Kevin Durant, 27 points for winning squads in the week. Tatum with 28, nine boards, about five assists. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, love to see him on this. 30 points on the week, about about seven boards and six assists um, on stellar percentages. He was 56% from three-point range. Um, Steph Curry, 30 points, five boards, four assists um, on his usual stellar percentages. And a quick shout-out as well. Curry and Paul George, 100% from the free throw line in the week. 
Joel Embiid, 31, 10 boards, seven assists. Um, great all-round percentages. And De'Aaron Fox, 31, six assists, four boards, um, solid percentages. You know, they all had great weeks, great winning weeks for their teams. Um, but we talked about them before. I think this one's a pretty easy pick. No brainer. Luka Doncic, 2-0 on the week, only two games. Um, not as detrimental where it was a shorter week. Um, but his stat line, 41 points a game, 11 and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. That alone is stellar. You add in, uh, he picked up a steal as well per game, but then the percentages, 58% from the floor, 48% from three, um, 70% from the free throw line, a little bit off, but he was a plus six uh, and a half in the plus minus category, 35 minutes and uh, you know some clutch baskets. All that combines for a pretty easy pick for our week one MVP. And he'll become the first this season to add his name to the 2023-2024 Jeremy Lin Weekly MVP Trophy. If you're curious about what the trophy looks like, now's a great time for me to plug our social medias where you can see the post where we shared a picture of it. Um, Both on Instagram and Facebook, that's crossover across time, fairly straightforward. On Twitter or X, whatever you prefer, it's X over across time. Uh, We had a character limit on the username there. So that's where you can find our social media stuff. Um, On any of those pages, you also find a link tree that links to any of the other pages, but also our uh, where you can find the podcast itself. You're, you know, of course, already listening to it, but we're available on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and rss.com as well. So that's the link to kind of everything on the social media. Again, you can find a picture of the trophy and, um, Part of what we do, if you haven't seen last year's trophy, we write in the name every week of every weekly winner. So um, I'm still organizing how we're going to write in each name for the year to make sure we have enough space for every name this season. Um, so I'll write it actually off camera, but normally we'll write it or, or off air rather, but um, normally we'll write it on air uh, real quick while we're doing the uh, discussion. So congratulations to Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks your week one Jeremy Lynn weekly MVP winner. Uh, Luca, if you want to stop by the show, uh, not sure when you're playing Utah, if it would be in the next few weeks, but if you want to stop by, accept the award, take a picture. Uh, we'd really love to have you come by. But uh, that being said, that takes care of the weekly MVP discussion. And let's go ahead and give you a quick weekly forecast of the upcoming games. Um, this, <laughs> the rest of this weekday, um schedule now of course this will exclude monday and this i'll just real quick preview the games we'll talk about on mon on uh wednesday's show rather from monday night we have celtics wizards bulls pacers nets hornets uh trailblazers and raptors timberwolves and hawks pistons and thunder warriors and pelicans heat bucks that one has some interesting side notes with the lillard conversation mavericks grizzlies Jazz Nuggets and Magic Lakers, um, of course, along with Tuesday night's games. We'll talk about those games all on Wednesday's show. But let's talk about the games for the remainder of the week, Wednesday through Friday. On Wednesday, we have an ESPN um, doubleheader, I believe. It looks like we have most of the teams playing that night. Um, How many games do we have? Um, Calendar view. There we go. 13 games. So all but four of the teams playing on Wednesday night. ESPN doubleheader starting at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, and all of the times I will give will be in Eastern Standard Time, so keep that in mind in your planning. At 7.30, the Oklahoma City Thunder will host the New Orleans Pelicans. Whenever the Thunder and Pelicans play in recent years, it's always weirdly exciting, so keep that one on your radar. Um, that one should be interesting, and especially with two winning teams, uh, that should be great as well. Zion, Shagels Alexander, great one to watch out for. And then at 10 o'clock, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers host their uh, fellow crypto.com arena ho- uh, tenants and the LA Clippers. Um, <clears throat> both teams vying for positioning in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Um, Paul George and Kawhi versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, should be a great one. That one should be exciting to watch for. Um, other games to consider. All these other games are going to be league pass except for your jazz game, which is on your Jazz Plus or local cable uh, KJazz channel. Um, <clears throat> at 7 o'clock, the Raptors host the Bucks. 
uh, seven as well. The Pistons host the Trailblazers, slew of games at 730. Uh, Knicks host the Cavaliers, the Heat host the Nets, the Celtics host the Pacers, and the Hawks are hosting the Wizards. Excuse me, at 8 o'clock, Minnesota Timberwolves host the Denver Nuggets, and then also at 8, the Houston Rockets host the Charlotte Hornets. At 8.30, the Dallas Mavericks host the Chicago Bulls. At 9 o'clock, the Memphis Grizzlies are in Utah against the Jazz, and then at 10 o'clock, the Sacramento Kings are in Golden State against the Warriors, a very short turnaround rematch from their previous meeting. On Thursday, we have four games, much shorter slate, um, and you have a NBA TV doubleheader at 7 o'clock, again, Eastern Standard Time. The Philadelphia 76ers host the Toronto Raptors, and then at 10 o'clock, the Phoenix Suns host the San Antonio Spurs. In between that, two games, uh, firstly on League Pass, the New Orleans Pelicans host the Detroit Pistons, and then at 9 o'clock, again, Local access, Jazz Plus, or um, lo- you know, local cable, K Jazz. The Utah Jazz host the Orlando Magic at nine o'clock. So that's your Thursday games, and then Friday, um, seven games on Friday, and it's actually Fridays. I'm I'm getting mixed up. Tuesdays and Fridays in November. Friday is the start of your in-season tournament games, um, and we have a double header for those games on ESPN. Firstly, at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time again on ESPN, we have East Group B, the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the New York Knicks. And then at 10 o'clock on ESPN, we have West Group B, the Denver Nuggets hosting the Dallas Mavericks. As far as your other games for that uh, tournament night play, at 7 o'clock, the Indiana Pacers host the Cleveland Cavaliers for their East Group A matchup. Um, the, at eight o'clock, the Oklahoma city thunder hosts the golden state warriors for your West group C, uh, East group C, we have the Chicago bulls hosting the Brooklyn nets, East group B, the Miami heat hosting the Washington wizards. And then West group a, the Portland trailblazers hosting the Memphis Grizzlies at 10 o'clock, uh, heat wizards, eight o'clock bulls, nets, eight o'clock as well. So Friday, the start of your in-season tournament. Um, games. We'll maybe talk a little bit more in depth about that on tomorrow's episode as well, but definitely an exciting week of basketball, especially Friday, the start of a brand new addition to the NBA schedule. I think we're all very curious to see how the tournament is going to play out and what, what the response is from fans, from players. It'll be interesting. And it'll be interesting to see those courts as well. Uh, That's pretty wild, but um, that is it for our show. Uh, for today. Again, we'll be back on tomorrow with our normal Wednesday programming. Um, We'll go ahead and wrap things up with our This Day in History fact for you. Um, This Day in History, uh, October 31st, of uh, of course, Halloween again. Happy Halloween. Uh, We're going back to 1950, a long time ago, uh, for some very important uh, historical stuff. Earl Lloyd became the first Black player to compete in the NBA on this day, uh, October 31st, 1950, playing for the Washington Capitals in a 78 to 70 road loss to the Rochester Royals. Of course, Earl Lloyd, uh, Chuck Cooper, um, Sweetwater Clifton, pioneers and uh, huge breaking down racial barriers uh, at a very tense time. You know, this was, I believe, um, I want to say it was before Jackie Robinson, but, um, you know, Jackie Robinson, uh, Marion Motley of the NFL, all of those guys kind of in the fifties, I believe um, hugely influential figures. I don't think you can overstate their importance. So definitely a great fact to remember um, this week with our, this day in history, we're also going to make a quick note of the players that made their debuts on this day, because of course this is around the same time of uh, a lot of past season starting dates. So players that debuted on this day in history, Tim Duncan, uh, Tracy McGrady, Chauncey Billups, Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate your support. Uh, Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our Wednesday show. And with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thank you again for listening.